Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, starring the one and only Ramon Foster, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they're open for business 24-7, serving hot, fresh food. It is Friday. Do you have a nickname for Fridays, too? Is that a thing with you? It's just Friday. It's a celebration for the weekend, that's all. See, if I give it another day, I have to think of a name for it, man. I don't have one off the top. Friday Friday is, you know, it's just a play on words more than anything. It's not the pre-Monday or anything depressing like that. We don't ever play with Mondays like that, all right? It's not, we're not in that world, okay? We just straight Monday and then it's second Monday if you need a reset. We don't play with Monday's Eve, all right? It's not what we're doing here. <laughs> Monday's Eve. We're going to have some fun today. Uh, A couple of interesting subjects that we're going to be tackling for you. Uh, One is the first one we're going to get into in a second is how did Najee Harris really do as a rookie? It's a hard read. Uh, And the second is uh, Ramon's main man, his his left elbow mate, Alejandro Villanueva, retired this week. And I'll bet there's some good stories to be told there. Let's start with Najee, Moan. I guess we could just, you know, you can look at his stats and try to determine stuff. He did play all 17 games, which is something. Mm -hmm. 1,200 yards on the ground, 467 uh, in the air through 74 catches. But how did he actually do? Do we know how good Mm -hmm. he is? You know what? Najee's first year, his rookie year, is kind of – it wasn't up and down because reading his stat line, you're like, man (laughs) – he had a really good year if you look at the stat line, but then you watch some of the games and you see him going backwards. You see him going side to side. You see him stopping and like, dude, what are you doing? But all in all, if if I'm on that team right now, I'm saying he had a good year and I'm looking forward to year two. You got your rookie woes out of the way. You get an opportunity now to be a pro. His first year to me was very good. And I think it was backed up a little bit also by the fact that he made Pro Bowl as an alternate, which means he was on somebody's radar. And I know it's voted on mostly by the fans, but players put their bid in on it, too. And, you know, there are some other people that kind of cast a vote on that. So he had enough to actually be an alternate for the Pro Bowl. It's not all pro. No, but that puts him on the uh, that puts him on everybody's eyes right now. Everybody's radar to say he's a guy that we got to watch and we really got a game plan for the most impressive thing that you said about his stat line is the fact that he had over 400 yards through the air. That's very impressive. That is a weapon. Pittsburgh, as of late, has tried to find a guy that can be a dual threat like that, and I think Najee fits that. If if I was to say, you know, one word to defend, uh, to describe him, I'd say Pittsburgh. It's going to be grimy. Mm. It's going to be a little gritty, and then you're going to have some pizzazz about it also. That, to me, I think is Najee in his first year. Again, if you don't know Pittsburgh, you look at it and say, oh, what kind of city is it? Until you get there, it's like, oh, this is a lovely place. <laughs> I truly do love, you know, Pittsburgh. And um, I'll tell anybody that it's a it's a great place to be. And I think Najee's at a great spot. The biggest thing that he has to, you know, have to work better for him in the second year, solidifying that offensive line. It's going to be key. Um, he made a lot of tough yards, man, where he's got his arm down on the ground and pulling the guy into and, and straining to get the extra yardage and something and, and stuff like that. We saw him do all of those things. He's got to have a group in front of him that's going to kind of alleviate some of that pressure and some of those hits. The other part, too, and I don't, you know, want to bring a whole lot of light to it. I'm hoping to find a, a way to kind of take some of the load off of him. How many reps did he have last year? Over 300, maybe 400 to, uh, touches he, or whatever? He, yeah, he had what a ton of touches. Had a, yeah. He had a, a uh, it was 307 carries and 
and uh, 74 catches, so it's too early in the day for that kind of math, but almost 400 touches. Almost 400 touches. That's a lot of wear and tear at that position, man. So I worry about that longevity. And um, one one thought that comes to mind to me, and this ain't even a, a him problem. This is a, hey, he's got to get a robin. He's got to get a sidekick real soon to take some of that pressure off of him. Um, it's saw, not. It's not Benny Snell. It's. It's not. It's not Anthony McFarland. It, you got to go to the outside to get somebody to do this. And and that's where I'm at with him. Like he's he's got to get a guy to help. You know those serious. Well, he might not uh, be cranking out the yards that he should. He's taking one too many hits. We saw him have a game or two. It's like man, I don't know how much longer he's gonna make it. So what whatever <laughs> Kev's last hurrah is. As far as building this roster for the 2022 season, I hope it involves free agency as far as having a guy that's going to help pull some of that pressure off of Najee. But all in all, to me, really solid year. If I was the type to be buying a jersey, I would get a 22 jersey. I feel confident in that. <laughs> There's a lot of those around here. I'll tell you this, Moan. You know, there were a lot of things to admire about the season that he had. There is the elephant in the room, and and you touched on it, which was the offensive line that really couldn't run block. Yeah, at all. man. I mean, at all. Yeah. And, but this is the part where it gets hard. You referenced really early there just now. Uh, sometimes he has that hesitation, mm-hmm. and unlike Le'Veon Bell, who was born with that hesitation, <laughs> it felt to me like Najee's gradually multiplied over the course of the season. And I know that you heard from people inside the Steelers that there was some, come on, man, the hole's not going to be there forever. Go get it type of sentiment. It it was that. And it was also a little bit of the, uh, the, the game plan for running Najee was, wasn't dialed in until later on in the season. So there was a lot of, okay, he's a dynamic runner, but what actually works for him? You know what? Fast Willie Parker, give him the edge all day long. All day long, okay? <sighs> Rashad Mendenhall, downhill, bust outside to the edge. Le'Veon, no, we're going to work this middle. If I get to the edge, fine. Le'Veon doesn't have that breakaway speed. And, you know, trying to figure out, which is not a bad problem. He's very efficient. He was very efficient. So with Najee, I think from, you know, the conversations I've had, it was, what's actually going to work consistently for him? Is he a downhill guy? Is he a guy that kind of needs a puller in front of him? You know, those are things that go into, um, those are things that, that go into the game planning and finding out what's going to be successful for the guy. You can say, that's almost like saying a guy's a system quarterback. Well, he's got to be to a sense, you know, because it's what works for him. That system, what works for him. And I know for a fact that they were trying to figure that out throughout the course of the year. And truth be told, I think I tipped my hat a whole lot more to Najee because he was able to make it work by not having something that was very much built for him, man. So very good guy. Love his personality, everything about him. I think Pittsburgh, when you, when you mentioned Najee Harris. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the best Najee Harris stat of all from his rookie year. 384 touches. Hold up a fist, Moan. That's how many fumbles. Really? Really. Yeah. Made it through the whole year. Let me knock on wood right now. Uh I don't want him to break that streak. Which, again, it says a lot about him. Uh, Coach T always kind of said, I want football players. Najee Harris is one of them. 
No question about that. When we come back, we're going to talk about another football player, now a former football player as of this week. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, Alejandro Villanueva. Your man, mm-hmm. just to the left of you for a lot of years, Lovely over guy. there, announced his retirement from football after a year, a good year, mm-hmm. with the Baltimore Ravens. A solid year. And, Moan, I know he's near and dear to your heart in a lot of different yes. ways, isn't he? That is one interesting dude. He is. He is, man. That's that's my brother, man. Like uh, all those guys. If you ask me about either one of those dudes from Gill all the way across the aisle to Beach, I'm going to tell you, even Hub, you know, just guys I was around a whole lot longer. Love Mike Adams and those dudes. But the dudes in my era, that was just like, like we grew up together. Legitimately saw each other as young guys in this league. And then we get married and then we all have kids and now our kids are doing certain things like those dudes are my guys. Like so individually, Alejandro right now, man, my tip of the hat to him to have two. <laughs> what do we want to call them? Life threatening careers. Yeah. You know, to go from an army ranger to, you know, putting his body on the line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, he was you know a small stint with the Eagles. But I remember the day he walked out on the field. He signed from Philly and we're looking at him like, who the hell is this guy? And if Skinny you <laughs> dude. Tall, skinny dude. Skinny dude. Yeah, I remember. Munches, <laughs> munches like, yes, uh, I'm going to sign him, and you know, we're going to figure out what's happening, basically, with Alejandro's like, we're going to figure out what's what's going to happen with him. That's basically how it went down, and he walks out there, long lurch walk and everything, and it was like, all right, cool. You know us. <laughs> you know like you know the group, right? We're, we're a bunch of a-holes. We're, we're some pricks to one another. But You can say that. I can't. This, in our offensive line room, like, but that's what challenge that that right there is what helped us all be better. So at the time, I think Beach was there and stuff like that at left tackle. So it's me and Beach's thing. And then of course, uh Beach ended up not being there. And now it's Al's show. And I'll never forget, you know, just Al had to prove himself. You know, like who we used he had to, tell to him, eat. Like, Let's start with that. He had he to did. eat. He a had lot. to eat a lot because I we have just, never seen a physical transformation. Like that yeah. for a football player. And and not even just that. He had to take a lot from us, too. You know, like, dude, you want to be with us? At that time, we were really cooking or starting to start that fire of, okay, we can be something cool. You know, now all the older dudes before us are out. And now here come out. Oh, you want to be a part of the gang? Well, this is what it takes to be a part of the gang. You know, and he grew and he had some rough camps and had some rough practices. He was the older guy at the time because Al didn't come in as no 22-year-old. He no, was already married and, yep. and mm-hmm. had did, what, three tours of duty at that point. But three tours of duty in Afghanistan, combat duty. Exactly. But to us, prove it. I need to see it out here. You played that game before, and we appreciate you. And that was the beauty of our group, man. We joke on him. We, he joke on us back. And it was just part of the growth of us to where we, we all became brothers in the end. You know, and he became a left tackle starting in his league, not figuring, not knowing how, you know, he was going to do stuff. He knew he had to gain weight. He had to learn the technique and he had to learn a playbook. And from there, he just kind of took off and took challenges and and became a guy that stayed around and became a very reliable left tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, I was more proud of him and his journey to even leave his past life behind and to go 
play NFL football while only playing wide receiver in college. That, and he had that build too. Yeah, I mean, he was just a tall, lanky wide receiver who just had to. Well, he had to eat once he yeah. got to Pittsburgh. Um, an amazingly intriguing individual, also on a lot yeah. of levels. Very much. Uh, there so. was an, any conversation that you'd bring up with him. You know how when you talk to people, there's certain, even though you might not have it in your head, there's certain responses that you expect from them. Yeah, Al always gave you something that you weren't, you didn't see coming. It was it like, wait a second, what? I but I what? brought this up, and you come back with that. But it was always yeah. interesting, and he would tie it together because, especially when it came to military stuff. Yep, yep. You know, yep. if you give Al just a standard thank you for your service, he's going to come back with something about this and that, yeah. and the service and what it really means, and very, very different. Thing? It, it was very different. And, you know, for the people that didn't know, he was going to Carnegie Mellon while playing. You know, uh, very. Right. So, to your point about him just doing abstract or giving you abstract answers, like he was in Carnegie Mellon. I don't think people understand, like in Pittsburgh, that is like a top 10 MBA school, business school in America. Mm-hmm. And in he America. was going to it while playing, you know, while starting in the NFL. So, um, that's just him, man. Always got a good conversation. And one of the things I always appreciate about him, and I feel like it was a little bit of therapy too. And I'm sure we're going to have some vets that, you know, comment on the videos and stuff like that about, you know, their experiences. But with him, we sit around on our Thursday night meetings and we call it, everybody will have that shot. I have my time where we call it holding court. Basically we sit on Pounce's backyard, eat for a back porch and we eat food and we sit there and it's real intimate moments, some silliness, some craziness, just the guys. And we call it holding court. Of course, Alejandro got more life experiences than most of us. So he'd hold court more and he'd talk about his tours and talk about the first time he went over and talk about why it was issues with him, you know, flying on planes and stuff like that. And you got a real understanding of who he was. But knowing those types of things is also what allowed us to be closer together, too. Like that's some very heavy, heavy stuff that we talked about over there. And especially when it comes to him and um, I almost I, I, I kind of looked at it because I always try to think a little bit, too, every once in a while. And I was just like, this is therapy. This is therapy for a guy hmm. like Alejandro to kind of get this out. And I'm sure the veterans that are watch this this video will say, yeah, we, we kind of do that. And I think that's good for him. I think the challenge of going to Carnegie Mellon was also spinning his wheels of just progressive and not being stuck in the past type of stuff, too. So. Love the dude, man, and everything about him. But again, I told you, we held everybody's foot to the fire when it comes <laughs> down to men in that group. So Alejandro kind of, you know, alluded us on, on Monday that he's probably going to be retired. We could have broken that DK, but we chose not to. Oh, wow. That was magnanimous. Of yeah, you. Was, yeah, you know, we could have <laughs> dropped that bomb, but uh, we didn't. And um, it's funny, me, Al Pounce, and uh, the Castro's in the group chat. And Al's giving this little spiel or whatever about, you know, I could come back and play and stuff like that. And just out of nowhere, Pounce is joking. He was like, man, you should just go on IR and, and camp and just try to get your last check. And then Pounce tweets That's back. Right. Uh, te- he's texting back again. He's like, Al, I watched you play all last year. You will be cut the first day on the market. And I just- <laughs> thank you for your service but i watched you play last year get out of here baltimore will not be calling you back if that's a little bit of what we are what we were as a unit like any day could be your day 
He Pounce just straight up told him, and I just had to reply back like Pounce, you are freaking nut, man. Yeah. Like, like no. Wow. <laughs> Imagine that at the end of your career, somebody telling you, no, I watched you play last yeah, year. Yeah, you are done. <laughs> D-O-N-E done. You're cooked. When we come back, the Hey Moan segment will also touch on Alejandro Villanueva. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show, and it's time for our Hey Moan segment. And today's comes from Dave, who says, Hey Moan, I see that Big Al is taking a little bit of heat inside Steelers Nation for saying that he's not going to miss football and that the NFL is a bit like a circus. I imagine he's talking about how everything gets magnified, like the national anthem flap in Chicago, and it's being under a big top. I feel he might be spot on. What do you think? Again, you got to know Al. Al has other interests, you know, and and that's where he is. I feel like there's a few guys that, um, that retire in this league. Guys who, from the get-go, never going to be able to let the game go. Just never will. They want to play and they want to be dragged off the field. Some guys that their careers end too quick and they always have that inkling that they can go play again. They always want to be the guys like, man, look at me. I can go. I can go. And then there's guys like, I'll be honest with you, myself, Alejandro, Pounce is, is in that boat of guys. Just look, I fulfilled all that I could. I enjoyed the lights. I enjoyed the cameras. I enjoyed the praise. But that chapter is done. Like with me, like I enjoy watching the game. But to say that I'm a miss being out there and bashing heads and and blocking folks and got to worry about, you know, performing for people that even if I have a bad, uh, even if I have a good game, they'll point out all the bad plays that I had no matter what. Yeah, I think that's position. what he means. It's the microscope. Like now Al is going to go on his fishing boat in uh, Florida, uh, spend time with his kids. He said his goal is to make his son the biggest, baddest left tackle in this world just to be that Marquise's kids if you ever have a son or something like that. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's none of that like where it's, it's, he hates the game. I just think some guys that play the sport are more than just that. You know, when you speak about the circus of the league, the circus of the league is what keeps everybody engaged anyhow. And, and I know Al watches the games. Heck, he was watching games on his day off because we were texting about certain plays and stuff. So it's it's not necessarily he won't miss the game or, you know, it's a circus and whatnot. It's he enjoyed and loved playing the game. So it's not necessarily something he's going to miss because think about what we were and how we did it. He was one of, one of the best O-lines, I feel like, that in the league during our era. And then you go play for the rival in Baltimore. So he's seen all those things, and, and, and I'm sure he's seen some stuff along the way where it's just like, man, yeah, it's a little funny, but think about your day-to-day job and your task. It's some circus-like things that go on with you too, right? Yeah, I think Dave, in asking the question, when when he's using the word circus, I know the way that yeah. it's been used by a lot of fans, especially as it re- applies to the NFL or the Steelers, was the AB stuff and Lev's agent. And, of course, no. Chicago definitely did fit into that because it was a lot of talk, a lot of football mm-hmm. talk that wasn't about football. Right. And I just don't think for one split second that that is what 
what Al was no. referring to. I know when I would ask Al about that kind of stuff, meaning this, you know, the AB stuff. Yeah, of course. You would, just, you would just get like a, I mean, I got a game to prepare for. Exactly. And, and, and this is just anything to blow anybody off, but it would be legitimately, we would talk about it, you know, kind of hash those situations out where AB like, oh, we can't believe this. We can't believe this. Or the Chicago situation was just like, it wasn't what it was actually painted out to be. That could be something we can get into at some point too, to where, um, we might even have to invite him on to, to to give some some insight on that, too. But it was actually when we speak about the circus, let's just go here real quick. That situation was actually just gas thrown on diesel thrown on uh, um, gunpowder thrown on by everybody outside of the room that didn't have any effect on what actually happened. That's what that situation was. The circus didn't come inside the locker room. The circus came outside of it. And I'm not even talking about, you know, the, the president of the United States at all. It was Al was represented by some groups that he would not deal with on a day to day basis with his picture and, and, and polls just plastered across some websites that he's the model guy. And I know for a fact, if he's talking about the circus, it's the outside perceptions of what happened more than what actually happened. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We really should do a whole thing on on the Chicago. Uh, he will come on. I'll have to get I, him on for sure. I was I was out there, as you know, and trying to get uh, trying to get different people to answer different questions, mm-hmm. and everybody was so rattled. And I remember in particular, Dave, Dave, uh, David DeCastro was like yeah. grabbing me by the elbow, and he's like, he's like, "What was this? What just happened?" He's asking me. I'm like, "We Dave, all man, were." You're, you're Dave, you're in here. But that's like you said, it, it it's it felt like it happened from the outside. Yeah, it, you know? it was. And um But yeah, was, this is we'll save yeah, that one. We'll uh, save not to that. be teases here, but Oh, we're, we're gonna tease. It's, 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 it's now it's a daily show, you know. We can we can say to everybody, hey, you know what? We'll do this on another day because it's mm-hmm. daily. You know. But I, I wanna take a moment to 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 wish Alejandro uh yeah. myself um congratulations on his retirement on his career and whether he likes it or not to thank him yet again for yeah. his service because yeah. i would every once in a while i'd get him in a mood and he'd say well yeah okay yeah that's cool <laughs> <laughs> see that's al he won't even take that or he he's not the guy to wear his uniform through the airport like he just is a guy <laughs> that's a really really good way to describe him good stuff all right moan first week of daily shows what do you think I loved it. I enjoyed this, man. It's a bit of a different good. rhythm, huh? We're here. Um, I like it, DK. I'll be real with you. This is uh, like that was therapy for Al. This is therapy for me. There you go. There you go. Well, let's do it again on Monday, my friend. Absolutely. Join us.